what follows is uh, tentatively working title, public speaking badass. I'm going to give a list of little title headers to break these into. Slides are not the talk. Non-linear story with characters. Wear a uniform. Don't reintroduce yourself. Don't depend on tech. Consider auto time on slides. Maintain forward momentum. Go Donahue. In situ. Expose yourself. Let robots help. Raise the bar for your audience. Give them tweetable snacks, etc. Ever since performing alongside my mom at old folks' homes as a little leprechaun, I've always sort of been around the stage, although it's never been exactly my job. Working at various high-tech-focused startups and participating in my community as a whole, I've come across a number of opportunities to share my stories through presentations in front of groups of all kinds. I've spoke to financial services ombudsman's conference, tourism, two core conversations at South by Southwest, North by Northeast, and all sorts of local uh, other speaking series, including Pecha Kucha, TEDx, and all sorts of others. I've never been taught how to do this, and I've never really read a book about it, but for what it's worth, here's what I've found to be some handy tips. First of all, no matter what kind of presentation you're going to give to what kind of audience, you have to think of this as a little bit of performance art. You're there to entertain as well as educate, but there's also a piece of inspiration that's something more that's going to get people talking about you and what you had to say, which will of course turn into more gigs and more success for your tour. So think about your goal isn't just to tell people about your topic. Your goal is to find a sort of a little bit of a state of flow with your audience where you take them on a little bit of a journey. Commit to this throughout your talk and give them something more than they're expecting. Here's how to get them there. First of all, your slides are not your talk. <laughs> Over the last bunch of years, public speaking has in the corporate world has often turned into reading from bulleted lists on a PowerPoint slide and trying to interpret graphs and apologize for bad clip art. This is ridiculous and should never be done. There are many different ways to augment and add a mixed media component to your talk if you choose. Do you play accordion? Bring that out for a little bit. But don't depend on your slides. Let me give you an example. When I spoke at South by Southwest, I knew I was having an audience of the most digitally curious and technology, technologically connected people really on the planet. They've all seen the gadgets and whizmos, and they've all sat through loads of talks at dozens of conferences that pop up for this industry. So I knew I had to do a little something different. So instead of a slide deck and a microphone, I went a little acoustic, as it were, and I brought an old-timey suitcase filled with various props. Some of them were collage art, some hardback books, a smoking jacket, and they're all laid out as it corresponded with my talk. This gave a real intimate tactile experience as I was able to interact and walk around with these props throughout the audience. People could get an up-close look, pass it around amongst themselves, 
and even added an interactive component where they reached into an envelope to pull out a card. These all supported the points that would have otherwise been in bulleted lists on a PowerPoint slide, but kept the audience involved in a very analog, tactile way that they weren't expecting. Now, I oftentimes do use slides, so don't get me wrong, but these are meant to be wallpaper and decorations and inspiration behind you, not to be the notes or the cliff notes of what you're talking about. My rule of thumb is one picture bled out to the edge and three words. I keep them simple and it gives me a chance to dig into my own photo collection from over the years and pull out all those weird photos that somehow you can tie a metaphor to. Even though I work in technology and I'm often talking about software, I very, very rarely will ever show a screenshot unless it's to support a story and heaven forbid another pie chart or graph going up and to the right. That's a great thing to tell in your story or pass along resources that people can download later. Speaking of, let the robots help. Now, it used to be at the beginning of talks, people would be like, well, please turn off your cell phones and pay attention and put all those, put those laptops down. But no, you want people out and using their devices. You know, there's going to be, at some conferences, there's going to be people who are tuned out and checking their email. I don't even know why they're there. But encourage people to pull out their phones. You stream in their buddies for a few minutes. Take some Instagrams. Send out some tweets. Make sure you declare a hashtag for your talk. If you don't know what this is, that's a little Twitter thing with the number sign in front of us, front of it. But it allows people to tap into just that conversation. And also, consider having a Twitter feed right alongside of your talk where people can add in their comments and their thoughts and add another dimension to your talk. Now, I've read articles about that you're always supposed to dress a little bit nicer than your audience is expected. You know, they might be at a retreat, so they might be business casual, but you should take a stage up. I don't really subscribe to that because I think that this, uh, any public appearance you're making in a professional capacity as a speaker is an opportunity to show who you really are. Show your real personality and show what kind of character you are. What would you usually wear if you were just going out and about on another, on another day out? Well, you don't want it to be too schleppy or casual, but think about it this way. Soldiers have their uniform, athletes have their uniform, and you as a public speaker should have your uniform too. In my case, and you know, it also is a, there's a mental thing to it where you never have to worry about what am I going to wear, and there's some good luck that rubs off in those accoutrements that you add to yourself. In my case, I have an old-timey hat, and, uh, and it goes with me everywhere when I go do speaking gigs, and it's part, be, become part of the shtick. And when I have that hat on, I know it's game on, right? Now, I also had a red velvet jacket that mysteriously went missing at South by Southwest this year. And I've worn that for the last whole bunch of speaking gigs. So I hope not all my magic uh, is lost with that. Don't reintroduce yourself. I can't stand it when people go up there and the first impression that they make is talking about themselves. This isn't a chance to talk about yourself. You've just been introduced where they said all this stuff, and any person who is really engaged in the audience, they've taken the time to look you up and get your whole dossier. They've read the program, they've seen your website, maybe they're following you on Twitter, or whatever. Don't go up there and say, As, uh, thanks for the kind introduction. I'm uh, really glad uh, to be asked to come uh, speak here. Um, as Bob just pointed out, I am the uh, Senior Vice President for uh, Widget Analysis, and uh, after 17 years of doing that, I've also did this. And uh, yeah, and uh, so we'll get into that a little bit. And uh, so today I'm going to be talking about uh, but no, everyone already knows that, right? So get right into the point. 
Now, the Greeks have something about in situ, I-N-S-I-T-U. It's about starting a story in the middle. And this is something you want to think about it too as a, as a speaker. Start them off, instead of reintroducing yourself, with a story. Jump right into it and talk about a real case study with characters that they can get interested in. And, don't, and you want to kind of think of this as a way to set up a non-linear story framework. Because sure, you have important stuff to discuss with them, but if you can set up a context in which to discuss that by weaving a story through there with characters. Well, today we're going to be talking about the changing role of exports from Eastern Europe to uh, South America, now with Poland joining the EU. I'm making this up. Don't start with, well, in 1967, the trade statistic. No, no, no. Let's start with who are the characters? Who are the people on the ground? Who are the government officials? Or who are the characters that are going to kind of weave in and out of your talk that can be part of all these different aspects and supporting annotations to your talk? Find that story, start with them, and weave them in and out of the story throughout. I saw the singer, English folk singer Billy Bragg the other night, and he did a great job of this. With his in-between song banter, he kept on bringing up the band OMD, who were an 80s uh, kind of new wave band, but they're out on a tour as well, and they seem to be showing up in the same city as Billy uh, every night at the club down the road. And sure enough, this was the case in Vancouver, and he was grousing about different things about their, how they have better buses, they're always getting to better venues, and, but worked them into all sorts of different contexts, including how we met the Queen and somehow OMD came into that story. So it was a great way to kind of keep a for, sense of forward momentum going with your talk. Now, this forward, forward momentum is really important way to keep your audience engaged, an aspect of keeping your audience engaged. And what I mean by this is, you don't, of course you want to avoid the ums and the ahs, but you also want to remove all that meta information. What I mean by this is a lot of times people subscribe to this theory that you have to talk down to your audience. Keep it simple, stupid, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Or uh, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. I don't subscribe to that. I think you have to challenge people and raise the bar and help them get the maximum from all of this information you're putting through to them. So I say, keep that going by removing all the extraneous s stuff around your content and all the leading in and all the hymns and haws and all, the, all that backstory. Now, all that backstory can live on a blog post that you write to share all these other things, but you want to keep forward momentum going by putting just the critical bits in there in the talk. Share your assets beforehand. Now, I personally upload my talks, uh, if I'm using slides, to SlideShare, um, have it all tagged up with the conference hashtags and a description of it there, and then I release it live uh, to, go, to go public about half an hour before I'm doing the talk, and I've also scheduled a tweet to go out saying, hello, hashtag of conference, looking forward to come share stories with you today. Here's my pictures to go along with my stories, you know? Something like that with a link, and it kind of starts, uh, lets them know that you're paying attention and it's out there. Plus people who can't come, and this may vary with your audience, but can maybe chime, uh, follow along a little bit themselves. Another way to keep that forward momentum going is by auto-forwarding your slides. Now, in my town, it seems like suddenly there's all sorts of different speaker formats and speaker series, Pecha Kucha, TEDx, Rain City Chronicles, the public 
civic forum salons, and they all have a little bit of a different format. And Pecha Kucha is a worldwide speaking series really focused on kind of design and architecture and urban issues. They have a format which is 20 slides for 20 seconds each. And you hand off your slides and you have no clicker in your hand, you have no control over it at all. You're on stage and bam, your slides are going. So hold on to your, put on your helmet and hold on. It's a pretty challenging format when you're first up there. The first slide feels like it's up there for about five minutes and the rest take about three seconds each. And before you know it, your time on stage is done and you just hope that you get something out there. Yet I've seen people struggle in that format because they can't adapt themselves to the pacing. What I've found for any time there's a specific format, you've got to own that format. You have to get to know the format and stick to it to the letter and you'll be way better off. The TED Talks, for example, have a very specific time frame, I think 17 minutes. Don't give them 1701. And a great way to do this is having your slides auto-timed, and so it forces you to stay in that moment, and, and you'll find it liberating not to have that clicker in your hand. Certainly this won't work for everything, but give it a try when the opportunity permits. I mentioned not relying on slides, but I'd also extend that to say don't rely on technology. No matter how much due diligence you do about different uh, widgets and, and dongles to connect your computer to their projector and get the right size and the aspect ratio and the right software and all this, it's a total drag. I mentioned I put my decks up on SlideShare, which is a great way, a great strategy because they're available from any web browser. So as long as this conference has an internet connected computer plugged in, you don't have to mess around with plugging in your own. Great way to do it. But also, you should be prepared to give this talk without access to any kind of technology if everything else fails. In some cases, the projector failed, the projector setup failed, and people could follow along using their uh, smartphones and iPads and laptops because of that SlideShare solution. You also have to be prepared to deal with any kind of microphone situation. And recently, and I like to do what's called, I call going Phil Donahue. This means having a cordless mic that you can go out and wander the audience and sometimes get people interactive. You can go out there and ask them questions and you can kind of get, uh, come off stage a little bit. And it's, again, it doesn't work for all conferences, but this is my one request I make is I ask for a cordless mic, but you're, more often than not, you're gonna get a lav mic, a clip-on mic, if you ask for a cordless mic. And this usually works out great, but sometimes we're accustomed to having something in our hands while we're speaking, like a microphone. So it can be a little daunting at first, but once you get used to being away from the lectern, you'll find that it gives your, you have a lot more options for ways to interact and engage with your audience. Another note about microphones, you never know when the technology will go down. At a conference I was doing for social media tourism, uh, in El Paso, Texas, it was already an early start for me. I'd flown in from two time zones away, and I don't sleep all that great on the road as it is, and it was an early morning start, but I was up there and ready to give her, and they clipped on the lab. We did all our sound tests, and as soon as it went live, of course, nothing worked properly. And my whole style was set up in my whole talk. I was there with my old-timey suitcase, and I was ready to roam the audience. After having my flow interrupted about three times with microphone troubles, I was ended up switching over to the lectern, which I had to adapt. 
and figure out a way to still get my personality across, but from standing behind the stand. So I mentioned about encouraging people to pull out their smartphones and tweet and Instagram and take pictures. These are really valuable assets for you to have to share about the experience that you've given to the audience. And I always like to include a few things that are a few quotes that are infinitely tweetable and even joke around and hope that people do that. I've noticed every time I give a talk, a few things that I say, a few jokes, just seem to fit Twitter and as a quick quote. So I always, well, I very often include those uh, just to get that conversation and just get those anecdotes spread out there. In my case, you can't spell internet without intern and fuck stats make art seem to be the ones that always make it out there. Now I mentioned about not reintroducing yourself. Save all the information about you till the end. My final slide simply has my Twitter handle and a fun picture that kind of shows me um, out of my own personal world. So they see a little bit of personality and it gives them something a friendly relatable image to finish it up. And then you can put your email address or your LinkedIn or wherever you hang out, whatever your preferred method of contact is. But don't overwhelm it with 20 different URLs and links and icons and all that. The audience is smart. They're going to figure that out. Get to know your audience beforehand. Now, this goes without saying that you'll do some research about who's good, what kind of people are going to be in your audience. But with social media, you can figure out who exactly is going to be in your audience. The conference... The, the social media conference, tourism conference in El Paso was filled with destination marketers representing all sorts of cities. Some of the cities seem quite glamorous to visit. It seems like it would be a, a fun and easy job. However, some cities didn't quite have the cachet. I noticed the people who were coming and tweeting about it, and I noticed what their jobs were, what cities they represented, and what kinds of tactics they were doing. With a little bit of research, it took about half an hour before the conference. I also put all the attendees I could find in advance into a Twitter list so on my way to the conference I could be following along about what they were talking about at the conference. Once I was up on stage I was able to call their situations and their scenarios from their actual campaigns into my conversation and talk about uh, how Wichita, Kansas is trying to promote such and such and what Flanders, Belgium, the Flanders region of Belgium is doing to attract bloggers and so on and the people were quite excited that their stories were included and they got a real, were used as a real-time case study throughout the talk. Don't waste your time playing videos for your audience. I'd also say the same thing about excessively quoting or reading passages or reading quotes from well-known books. The people came to see you and they want to get excited and, and informed with their interaction with you. So don't spend the time and don't give your juice and your audience time away to someone else. Not only are you going to be futzing around with the video and the technology, but it's not going to have the same impact. This is a great thing, again, to include in your annotations blog post. Put your slide deck, all your reference links, all the things, that odds and ends that you talk about, throw them all in there and give them, tweet out a link at the end. That way they can have all the stuff and they can just lock in and enjoy your remarks. Now, finally, you need to feel comfortable up on stage. And it's different for everyone. Some people were born to do it. Sometimes people uh, puke and pa want to puke and pass out every time they do it. But you've got to be ready and confident and have your own visualization exercise, your own way to prepare for it, if you're going to be someone who stands above the norm. 
in my case, I visualize all my talking points as road signs on a road trip that I've taken many times. And I just sort of lock in and leading up to the talk, I spend a lot of time thinking about my various talking points and the story to support that. I don't write scripts because then you start depending on the script and depending on the written transcript of it. I will write out with a Sharpie on note cards a few different, what these road signs might look like with a few little scattered things that might even look like graffiti on that road sign just to help me remember what story I jump into and what my launching points are. I keep pretty loose, but I really enjoy that feeling of leading up to a talk because you're almost like going, It's well, it's game, game time. You get a little better butterflies. I pace around. I don't want to be chit-chatted with. I just want to pace around and visualize that road trip. So by the time that I'm ready to go out on stage, I'm ready to burst out there with full energy and full momentum. And I don't have to rely on papers and fumbling with documents or teleprompters or anything like that. I'm out there in full story mode and already locked in and ready to engage those people. One time I did a TEDx event and the speaker before me uh, froze on stage. And this is for everyone's, you know, any public speaker, that's the thing you don't want to happen, right? And you feel your heart goes out to her right away. And then I realized I'm up, uh, I'm up next. And I had asked them to say, no, I'll be down in the green room just before, I'll be ready to go, but I want to sit in the audience to hear this speech. I realized that I was up next. The MC goes out on the stage to try and soft shoe and try and like kill some time. And I'm like, clip me in and ready to go. It took me a minute to, once I was on stage because I was still in my sort of my little warm up countdown. But I futzed around a little bit on stage and joked around a little bit and then launched it, grabbed my flow and locked into it. So be ready for anything. And you got to find your, and then, and then you'll feel comfortable on the stage no matter what. Keep in mind that you're the only one that has the unique point of view that you have. And they ask you to come speak to this audience for a reason. Don't try to be someone you're not. If you're not funny, don't try to be funny. If you're serious, well, maybe try to be a little bit funny. But open up and expose yourself and your humanness. And don't be that guy who name drops that travel road warrior thing. Oh, yeah. You hate the guys like, well, when I was in this city three nights ago, and this city the other day, and flying over here I thought about. No, no, you give all your love and attention to that audience. You give them respect, and they'll give the respect right back. You're on a date with them. You better romance them pretty good. <laughs>